Very interesting stuff. I forgot to mention, uh, well, we had <clears throat> uh, Brother Lonnie with us last Wednesday. But last Wednesday was, uh, was Purim, the Feast of Purim. If you remember when we did the feast, um, it was last Wednesday. Now, a couple of interesting things happened last Wednesday because uh, it was another full moon, if you remember that, and it happened on a feast day again, uh, which is, you know, just incredible. <clears throat> and then also, it was last Wednesday, or actually last Thursday, Purim started at sundown Wednesday night and went through sundown on Thursday. It was on Thursday that President Trump signed the, or came out and said that he was going to sign the agreement or sign the declaration saying that the Golan Heights were, was not disputed territory, but that it was Israel's. Our Secretary of State was in Israel uh, doing, some, doing some meetings, and uh, a reporter asked him about, uh, about Purim and about, you know, uh, because you remember the Feast of Purim is all about the, the story of Esther. And, of course, the main thing about the story of Esther was that there was a plot uncovered. She uncovered a plot to, you know, that, that Haman was going to kill all the Jews and and she, she called a fast, basically, for all of Israel, uh, all of the Jews, to fast for her so she could go into the king to unveil the plot, you know. And, and so the whole nation, the whole, all of the Jews fasted for three days, and then she went in to see the king, and the, the, the plot was unveiled, and, and it backfired. And Haman, the one that came up with the plot, he was, he was hung on his own gallows that he was going to use to kill all the Jews. Well, um, you know, so that was the... That was the the gist of the Feast of Purim. Well, somebody asked our Secretary of State about it, and and uh, and and said something about he framed the que- they framed the question something or another about uh, do you think that do you think that President Trump being in office um, is biblical or or you know is it has something to do with biblical prophecy or something like that you know, and our Secretary of State made this comment, and I may I may not get it word for word, but he basically made this comment. He said. He said, just like Esther was raised for such a time, he said, I believe that President Trump is in the office of the president for such a time as this. Coming from our Secretary of State, you know, and on the Feast of Purim, no less, on the very day that that they're celebrating that over there, you know, uh, our government officials recognize that 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 this is, I mean, listen, I mean, because because every other president before him you know, have have said, well, it's disputed territory. We can't say one way or the other. And they talk about two states, and they talk about all this stuff. You know, Netanyahu, when he was just yesterday, um, he was he had a meeting with President Trump, and uh, and they cut it short because of the bombings, because of the bombs that were that went off over there in Israel. But but in the joint press conference he had, it may have been Monday when they had that press conference, but Netanyahu made the, he, and he said this before with President Trump, but he made the statement, he said that, he said that um, Israel has never had a greater friend in America than they have right now with, the president, with President Trump being in office. And he said, you know, America has never been a stronger ally to them. <clears throat> and, you know, so, so I'm telling you, just like he said, you, you can see, um, man, it's just... Uh, and how, how many of you? How many of you saw that all over the news? Anybody? You, you may have seen it once or twice, but you didn't see it all. You didn't see CNN, MSNBC. You didn't see all those people carrying it, or even Fox News, as far as that goes. But and and you know, every day, every day, Israel is getting bombed. I mean, like he said, they're they're they've closed down. Basically, South Israel is in lockdown right now because of all the all the rockets being fired from Hamas into South Israel. And and you know, and, and you just don't hear much about it. 
And, you know, so, so, so this is, is, man, it's, I mean, it's exciting times to be in. And, and like he said, um, the first time last week when they, when Hamas fired two rockets into Israel and it killed, it killed like one person and injured a couple, Israel responded with a hundred rockets. They fired two, Israel fired a hundred. This time they fired just this week. I think there's already been like 30 some rockets come across. And Israel, I mean, they are they are gearing up. That's the reason Netanyahu left early to go over there. They are gearing up for a major offensive. And we we understanding that, you know, we've sent other troops in that region just to be prepared for what's getting ready to happen over there. You know, so it's um, un- unveiling right before our eyes. I mean, prophecy is unfolding right before our eyes. Amen. Um, so last time, two weeks ago, we talked about the we started talking about the rapture, and we gave you the handout on the rapture, and we. Um, you know, we, we can spend a lot of time on that, but, um, but really, you know, the, the purpose of what I'm wanting to do here is to kind of get through, to go through some of these things. And, and we probably go through it a little bit, a little bit more than, uh, in depth than what we, what, what you normally would hear, um, just in a one setting, um, type of service. But so we, we looked at the rapture, we looked at the scriptures of the rapture, the different beliefs in, you know, the different, uh, you know, pre, mid, or post. Uh, and different things like that. And we talked about, um, you know, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 Thessalonians 2. We talked about the, the different, the different scriptures that, that pertain to that. And then, uh, so tonight I want to, I want to get, I want to start talking about <clears throat> what's going to happen, uh, what's going to happen when the rapture takes place. And, you know, and we're going to look, there's, this is going to be kind of two, two pronged because, because there's different things that's getting ready to happen. When the rapture takes place, the moment the rapture takes place, there's, it's going to trigger a couple things. Uh, the first thing we know from Second Thessalonians, we, we looked at that scripture where it said that it said that you know he that restraineth, you know, is restraining, and when he when you know, and the antichrist can't be revealed until he until he is removed. And we talked about that how that's the church, or you know, even like Joel, like we were talking back and forth. It was basically that's the Holy Spirit that is restraining, that's holding back the the spirit of that, or actually the literal antichrist. And the spirit of the antichrist is alive and well, and it's you know, and it has been. But but the church with the power of the Holy Spirit in it is really re- holding back or restraining the power of the of the Antichrist from being fully revealed. As a matter of fact, well, let's just let's turn over there real quick to Second Thessalonians, and let me show you this. I was reading this again this afternoon, and Second um, <clears throat> Thessalonians, and we'll just look real quick at verse uh, verse seven. No, 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 no. Yeah, verse. Um, Well, let's let's go back up to verse three, and and just real quick, we'll read this. He says, he says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And now, actually, and let me say this because I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week, you know, because this is a, this is this one is a great. This is another one of those scriptures that is a um, that is a great debate about you know the end times because. You know, here it says that there's a great falling away, and everybody talks about um, everybody talks about you know how that that the you know there's you hear people talk about all the time how revivals coming and revivals coming, the church is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yet there's a group of people who say, yeah, but the Bible says there's a great falling away before that day comes. But actually, if you go back and, and do your research on this, this scripture it wasn't until it wasn't until like the early 1800s 
that this particular scripture was translated, and actually the King James, the, the 1811, was one of the first to translate it this way, to where it says a falling away. If you go back and you, you see the Tyndall Bible, the Wycliffe Bible, uh, a lot of the earlier transcripts, and even the original language will say this too, that word, that word falling away is actually the same word as catching away. So, you know, you could, you know, different, and like I said, you could read different commentaries, you could read different, um, different people's opinions, and, and you'll see that there's a wide range of people that believe what this verse means. So, you know, some people say that that means the church is going to have to go, you know, like even the word apostasy is used in the, in the amplified and different, different translations, meaning that the church is going to, you know, people think that the church is going to have to fall away from God before he comes back. But that really doesn't even, doesn't even register if you think about it because the Bible says that, that as the day approaches, we should be looking at the more. You know, and I believe the church is getting stronger and stronger. And I believe what this, what this verse, just me personally, this is just my personal opinion, is I believe that, that what he's talking about there is not a falling away of the church before the rapture, but I believe it's, it's, it's actually literally can't, could be referring to the, the catching away of the saints so that these things can happen. And if you read that, it says, Let no man deceive you, um, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. And, and in a couple of verses, I'll show you this. It says, the, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that, so that as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know that, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let, and we, we talked about that word letteth means restraineth. He who restraineth will restrain until he be taken out of the way. And then that wicked one will be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So here in that verse, you see how it says that, that the church is restraining, he that is restraining, until he gets taken out of the way, the, the Antichrist can't be revealed. And so the first thing that's going to happen, the first thing that's going to happen when the church is raptured is that the I mean, there's going to be a release of the, the power of the Antichrist and he's going to come into prominence, and then he's going to cut the treaty with Israel. And, and we'll, we'll show you all these scriptures in the weeks to come. But he'll cut, the, he'll cut the peace deal with Israel for seven years, and everything's going to look like it's going smooth. And then, and then you're going to start getting in. Now, even the first, the first half of the tribulation period, we, I, wouldn't, I still wouldn't want to be here for that, but it's going to be nothing compared to the second half of the tribulation period. The first half of the tribulation period... There'll be some things start to happen, some disasters start to happen, and different, the, the different seals as they're broken. And then at the midpoint of the tribulation period is when, um, is when the Antichrist will break the treaty with Israel, and he'll walk into the temple that, is, that it has been rebuilt, and he will declare himself as God. And, and he will say, if you don't worship me, you will die. And, and, you know, and then the next half of the tribulation period will be, the Bible says, if those days weren't shortened, nobody could survive it. You know, so, so that's what's going to be happening on the earth, the tribulation. As soon as the rapture happens, the tribulation period, that seven-year period that we've talked about, that seven-year period is going to start. 
the church, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. What, where are we going to be? Where, we as believers. <clears throat> I believe what's going to happen, and we'll look at these scriptures, what's going to happen is when we get raptured, when, we, when the Lord appears in the sky and those that, that are dead in Christ rise first, then we'll be caught with them in the air. Um, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be such a, uh, you know, such a, in the twinkling of an eye, Thessalonians tells us. That it's going to happen so quick. It's not going to be something that people are standing around watching. Oh, wow, look what's happening. You know, it's going to be so quick that people really won't even know what happened. And, you know, if you remember in the Old Testament, um, when God would speak, when God, when God spoke, even, well, even in uh, the New Testament, when, when, uh, when uh, Jesus was baptized and God spoke, you know, even then, and, and in the Old Testament, the same thing happened. Some people said, some people heard what was said. Other people said it sounded like thunder. And other people just said it was just a, you know, it was just a noise. So if you're not ready, if you're not listening, if you're not watching, you know, if you're not, if your heart is not right, then, then, you know, it'll be just like in an instant and it's going to happen and, and everybody's going to be walking around saying, wow, where'd everybody go? You know, so, so it's going to happen that quick. Now we're going to be taken to heaven and here's, here's the, and, and we're going to look at the first part of this tonight. I've got a handout to hand you. I'll give you in just a second. But I believe what's going to happen is when we go to heaven, uh, we're going to be, you know, caught up in the air. We're going to be, we'll get our, we'll get our new bodies, our heavenly bodies. Praise the Lord. No more pains, no more aches, you know, no more having to worry about eating cheeseburgers and, and drinking soft drinks and all that stuff, you know, because uh, we'll have our heavenly bodies. But we're going to, we're going to be in heaven. And, and I believe the first thing that'll happen during, um, you know, during this seven year period is what's called, what we're going to talk about tonight, the judgment seat of Christ, where we will be judged, uh, for our works. Now, that judgment is not a judgment of salvation. It's not to see whether you get to heaven or not. Because if you're there, you're already there. <laughs> you know, this is a, and actually the word judgment it's kind of a really a bad translation of that in it because it's the word bema, B-E-M-A, and that word bema means a reward seat. And, and we'll, we'll see scriptures. I'll, I'm going to show you this here in, in Corinthians and in Romans. But in the, at the reward seat, they're going to be, is where you will get your rewards, but also the Bible says that, that you can, you, you can suffer loss in that time as well. And we'll talk about that. It's not going to be all, uh, uh, all roses, so to speak, because if you if you lived your life here on the earth for yourself and you didn't do anything for God, then when you get there, you know you're gonna there's gonna be a time when you're not gonna have anything to give back to God, to give back to Jesus, to lay at His feet, and it's gonna be a very embarrassing, very very, you know, um, I, I don't I, I don't really know how words to put it because because we're in the we're in the presence of Him, but it's gonna be. Uh, I don't want to say a hard time because because we're in heaven, but but it'll be a time when when you I believe people will feel regret and feel feel sadness simply because they they know and probably everybody else is going to know that you spent your life for yourself and not for Jesus, because everybody else is going to have these rewards and you're not going to have anything. And those rewards are based solely upon your works from the time you got born again until until, you know, that time when Jesus came and and God does. So um, so let's let's open up. Uh, Stephen, if you and uh, Lewis will pass these out for me, I appreciate that, guys. <clears throat> I hope you find these handouts helpful. Um, they're helpful for me, anyway. 
and and sometimes it, it maybe take you won't have to take quite so many notes and uh, write down everything. So let's open up let's open up our Bibles to First Corinthians, and here's where we'll start. First Corinthians chapter three. And we'll look at verse number, um, let's just start with like verse number 9, I guess. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 9. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder... I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now, let me just say this, because because it is true. Sometimes um, the word of faith, sometimes the grace doctrine, um, you know, the the groups that 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 you know that we kind of listen to and that we kind of run with. Sometimes they do leave the impression that. That is really not important how you live. Now, I don't teach that way, and you don't hear that from, from this pulpit, but some places teach, you know, hey, you're born again, you know, you're good, just live how you want to, and it don't matter. And, and that's a wrong teaching. Okay? You, you know, you are not, you, you are responsible for how you live. And the Bible says that we are to be set apart, that we are to be holy, that we're to be sanctified. And, you know, and so, so it is important how we live. It's important, it's, it, I mean, it's very important how we live. And the reason, if no, well, I mean, for the main reason, there's a lot of different reasons, but this is some of the main reasons why, why it's important. Now, and let's, let's look here what he says. So, so Paul said this. He said, listen, he said, he said, I have, he said, I, I've laid the foundation. Somebody else has come and, and build upon it. He says, but let every man, let every person take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Verse 11, for, no, for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he said, you know, Jesus is the only foundation that's going to matter. And then he says, now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. Now notice, I want you to notice something. Notice that he, he didn't necessarily say that it was, that it, that you couldn't build with wood, hay, and stubble. He said, that's the reason he told, he told the church here, he said, take heed how you build upon this. He said, because here's, here's the options you have. You can build with gold, you can build with silver, you can build with precious stones. Or you can build with wood, hay, and stubble. And he says, but here's the difference in this. He said, there's coming a day when everybody will give reckon, everybody will be reconciled, everybody's going to stand before the Father and give an account for how you built on the foundation that was laid. And, and he said, you know, so he says, so therefore, take heed what you're doing with your life. Because this is very important. And he, he goes on to say this. He says in verse 13, he says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. Now that word actually manifest there, uh, I think the King James, let me see if it says this. 
the work of each, the, the Amplified says, the work of each one will become, become plainly and openly known, shown for what it is. In other words, it's, it's almost like uh, it, it'll be made bare. In other words, there'll be no hiding what you've done. You know, today, uh, people, people can hide pretty good the way they live their private lives. You know, people can put on a good front. People can come to, listen, you have pastors standing in pulpits that are living in horrible sins. You know, you have church members that, that put on a good face and, and declare everything's great while they're, while they're, you know, doing terrible things. You know, and nobody knows about it. But he said, listen, there's coming a day when you will reckon, you will give a reckon, you will give, you will give an account for the way you're living your life. Everything's going to be laid bare before Jesus. There'll be no hiding it. There, there are going to be no excuses. You know, we're not going to go up there and say, yeah, but Jesus, you didn't give me this. Or, yeah, Jesus, I was this color. I was that race. I was this. I was... No. I mean, listen, that doesn't fly. Okay? What, what's going to, basically, the question he's going to ask you is, what did you do with the life I gave you? You know, I mean, regardless of what hand you were dealt, he's going to say, what did you do with me? And what, what did you build upon the foundation in your life? You know, so he says, <clears throat> he says, um, every man's work shall be made manifest or, or made open for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall not or shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And, and then he goes on and he goes on and talks about, you know, don't you know that you're the temple of, of God, the, the spirit of God dwelleth in you. And, you know, he says, if any man defile the temple of God, you know, God shall destroy. It. And he goes on and says those things. But here's here's what he basically what Paul was talking about here was the the judgment seat of Christ. He was talking about when we stand before God on that day. You know, and like he said, it's not a judgment to see whether you're saved or not. See, everybody is going to, every single person on the earth will stand before a throne. The question is, which one will you stand before? Because the, the saved, the ones that have a relationship with God, the, the ones that have personal relationship with Him, we will stand before the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, what's called the judgment seat of Christ, the Burma, the Bema seat of Christ. Every person that doesn't, know Jesus that's not saved that that does not have a relationship with him at the end of the at the end of the tribulation period after the after the battle of Armageddon and all of that they will stand before the great white throne judgment now the great white throne judgment is a is a judgment um, that's going to condemn them for not you know a judgment that'll that'll condemn them for not believing and that's where they'll be cast into the lake of fire forever so we, you know, as a Christian, you will not stand before the great white throne judgment because you, you've already made that decision. You know, you'll stand before one of the two, not both of them. And trust me, you want to be before the, the Bema seat, <laughs> you know, the judgment seat of Christ. You don't want to be at the great white throne judgment because you, it'll be too late to make a decision at that point. Amen. Now, let's look at Second um, Corinthians chapter 5, just one verse here. Well, and we'll just start with verse 8. We'll read a couple of these verses. 
And Paul's talking about here, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, he says this, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether we're present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. And then look at verse number 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may, may receive the things done in His body according to that He hath done, whether it be good or bad. Let's look at verse 10 from the uh, Amplified. And it says this, For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or, or evil, considering what his... Now listen, now this is important, listen to this. Considering what his purpose and motive have been, and what he has achieved, been busy with, and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Man, that's powerful. So, so Paul said, for the Amplified, when the Amplified translates that or amplifies it, brings it out the, you know, and the way the Amplified does it, it takes the original language and kind of paints that picture. He said this, he said, when you stand before the judgment seat, when you stand before God, the reward seat, and, and, and you know, see, because when we think judgment, we, all, we automatically think bad. You know, like the judgment seat is a bad thing. The, this judgment, this judging is a judging of the works that we've done. It's not a judging of our spirit. It's not a judging of, our, uh, of whether we're born again or not. You know? And like I said, really the better word for it, the better translation of it is the reward seat. Because that's where we, that's where we will get our rewards. But he said here from the Amplified, he said, that, he said that they will consider what his purpose and motive have been, what he has achieved, been busy with, and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Now, I heard this story a long time ago, and, and uh, back I, I think I don't I don't think Brother Hagen told it. I, I can't remember who told this story, but um, this minister had this had a dream one night, and whether it was a dream or a vision, I, I can't remember whether it was a dream or a vision. But anyway, he he found himself like in heaven, and and he he found himself with I mean just a multitude of people, and he looked down in his hand and he had some books in his hand. He had like five or six books. In his hands. And he saw, he looked around and he saw some people that he knew. He saw, he saw like this, this famous minister that he knew, that he was, that he was friends with. And man, this guy, this guy had books stacked up. I mean, he said it seemed like they were stacked up, you know, three or four feet high. And he said his stack wasn't very big, you know. And he said he looked over to this side and he recognized, uh, somebody that, that he, that he knew growing up that was a, that was a grandmother of one of his friends. And, and this, this woman had like two books in her hands. And he said that, you know, and, and later on he, he said that, that uh, when I get to the, to the rest of the story, but he said, you know, that he knew that her grandson, that she had prayed her grandson basically out of hell. And he got born again and, and was serving the Lord and everything. But, but he said, you know, he was looking around and, and he was noticing all these people had different levels of books, different, different amount of books and different sizes and all this stuff. Now, I, I don't really know what the books represent. I don't, I don't really understand 100% of that But uh, in this vision. But then, but then he said he, he, the scene, the scene kind of changed, and he was like in this huge auditorium, this, this massive place. He said there was, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in this place. And right in the middle of it was like a, was like a, a stage and, and, and God was sitting like in the middle of this, you know. And, and he said all of a sudden up from behind the, behind God and he was sitting on his throne and from behind God there was like a, a fire came swirling up behind God and, in, and, and, you know, enveloped the throne. And then all of a sudden that fire just went all out through the, through the whole auditorium, you know, through this whole big, this big place. And he said, what happened? He said, he said the fire just went through and, and rushed through by every person. And, and all of those books all of a sudden were consumed. And he said he looked at some and he said some had nothing but ashes in their hands. He said he looked over at that well-known minister and he said all those books that he has, he said when he looked at his hand, he didn't have anything but ashes in his hand. He looked over here at Grandma and he said when he looked at Grandma, said, he, said, he said that one or two books she had, he said, he said that fire consumed it, but she, she was holding two or three like rubies and, and stones in her hand. And, you know, and he said everybody had something. Either they had ashes or they had, they had like precious stones. Now, this is just a dream. This is not, I'm not quoting the Bible to you. This is just a, a dream or a vision this, this minister had. And then the scene changed again. And he, he was watching as people were walking up to God, walking up to Jesus. And they were offering him what they had in their hand. And this little grandma walked up and, 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 and she laid down, she had those, those stones in her hands. And Jesus got up off of his throne and, and, and he, she laid them down on the, at his feet. And Jesus got up off the stone, off, off of his throne. And he said all of a sudden when she laid those jewels down, she said it became like molten gold and it just started melting and just started, started bubbling and all this. And said Jesus reached down and he took hold, he took it in his hand and he formed a crown out of it. And he said, that, he said, then when he finished the crown, he said he noticed that those jewels that she had in her hand was like, was like implanted around that throne, around that crown. And he laid it on her head and he said, he said, well done, my faithful servant. He said, enter into the, the, the glory of, of, how's that go? Well done, my faithful servant. Enter into the, the rest of your glory or something. I can't remember how that goes now, but, but anyway, so she walked off. He said, then this minister came up and, and he had nothing, he had nothing but like, just ashes, and he was crying, and, and he was just weeping, and he was, he was saying, God, but I love you, I served you, I did this, I did that. And, and he, said, he said, basically, Jesus just looked at him, and or no, said Jesus never did even look at him, said he didn't make eye contact with him. He just said this, he said, enter into the, enter into the glory. And, and then he was back in his body. And he said, he said, what stood out to him was this, that Jesus, that when Jesus said that to that minister, he said, he never said, well done. He said, he said, he just told him, enter into, enter into the, I how does that scripture go? I, I, I'm totally lost. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the, enter into the glory. Anyway, I'm sorry, I can't think of it. But, 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 um, but anyway, he said, you know, that, 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 that's, he said that that minister, that minister just, he, he didn't, you know, and he said he was just almost, he could see it on his face, how like, how humiliated he was, and how open and how bare he was, and he had nothing, he had nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus. And he said he went to that minister, and he, and, and he said he, he shared this dream with him, and he was telling him, he said, he said, brother, he said, I love you, and I'm, I'm not doing this out of, 
out of anger, out of jealousy or anything. He said, but he said, this is just the vision I had. And God is, you know, he said, I feel like God is, is wanting me to warn you and, and to tell you to get, you know, to get, make some changes or something like that. And the minister wouldn't listen to him. He kind of shunned him. He kind of just said, get out of here. That, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. And it wasn't but a few years later that that minister was caught in a scandal and lost his whole ministry. And I was just like, I was just like, wow, that is, I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, so listen, when Paul says here, when Paul tells them, take heed how, what you're building, take heed what you're allowing people to speak into you, take heed what you're doing with your life. You know, listen, if you're, if, if people are now, now you guys are my Wednesday night crowds. I know these, I'm not talking about y'all, but, but people that just come to church when they feel like it. And they just tithe when they have a little extra money and, and just get involved just whenever, whenever everything's convenient for them. You know, I just wonder when they stand before God, what are they going to have in their hands? Are they, are they going to be able to tell Him, well, well I, I spent my whole life on me, but, but I love you, Lord. Or, or are, are they going to be able to say, you know, Lord, you know, here's everything. And hear, and hear Him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I mean, that, that, to me, that was just such a such a powerful um, dream and such a powerful powerful vision. So anyway, here on your uh, here on your your sheet that I handed out, uh, Romans fourteen ten. Let's look at that one right quick. I, I forgot that one, and then we'll we'll just talk about this and talk about the rewards real quick. <clears throat> and I'm probably not going to have time to go through them. We may we may save them to, for next week. Romans fourteen ten. <clears throat> this is just another another thing here where it talks about. Um, let's go back up. We'll just go back up to verse like seven and kind of get the the context here. He says this. He says, "For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's." For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But look at verse 10 here. He says, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you set at naught your brother? Or in other words, belittle your brother. For we all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, and, and the, so, so he, basically he's just saying here, Listen, he said, don't live for yourself and don't go around judging everybody else. Take care of yourself. He said, because one day we're coming and all of us are going to stand at the judgment seat. You know, none of us are going to uh, get, you know, we'll, we'll answer for everything we do, basically, is what he was saying there. And, and you know, it's not going to be a matter of, uh, you know, because so much time, so many people, when they hear the word works, man, they just go crazy. Oh, I'm not about works. I'm just about grace. Well, that's great, and that grace is great, and, and we're saved by grace, and thank God for grace, and man, I mean, I love grace. I'll teach it with the best of them. But listen, but from the time we're born again until the time we go to be with Him, the Bible says that we're to work out our salvation. Now, works is, is not about working for, for your salvation. You understand that? Because you, you, you can never work your salvation. You can never earn enough, do enough, be good enough. I mean, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation, but... The Bible says very plainly for us to do good works. Amen? And for us to, to work out, 
you know, as in, in salvation to work out. Now, let's look. Let me show you. This is not on it. We're, we'll have to get to the crowns another time because I'm going, I ain't going to have time to do both of them. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Let me, give you, let me give you just three or four scriptures concerning works and the importance of, of, of works as a Christian. Not, not to become a Christian. I want to keep saying that. I don't want you to misunderstand me, but, but, you know, the importance of working as a Christian, not to become a Christian, okay? Uh, Matthew chapter 5, let's just pick up in verse 13. Matthew 5, 13, now this is Jesus talking, and he says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor or its flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it might, that it might give light unto all that are in the house. So, and then look at verse number 16. So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify God your Father which is in heaven. So, so with you shining your light, you being a light to the world, being salt to the world, flavoring the flavoring every room you go into with the with the flavor of God, being a light, lighting up every dark place that you go into with the light of God. It says that people will see that and they will see your good works. He calls that good works. Just living your life for God, living your living as a Christian, living as a true Christian before men, he says that they'll see your good works and they'll give glory to God. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the anointing is, I mean, the anointing is what gives you the ability to, I mean, without the anointing, you couldn't let the light shine, you know, and the light is the anointing, the light is the, the Spirit of God coming out of you, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you could. Because, like, one time, God said to me, He gave me, I was at this ministering conference, and He gave me this word about to speak at the ministering conference, and the thing was, all the pastors who were so busy being pastors, that when the rapture came, they missed Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, just it's it's just letting God shine through you. I mean, you know, yeah. Matthew chapter ten, verse forty-two. I'm just going to give you these real quick, and we'll we'll just look at these, and then we'll we'll finish up tonight. Matthew ten forty-two. Here again, this is Jesus. We could read a lot of this, but I've, I've got to I've got to hurry. In verse forty-two, he says this: "And whosoever shall give." to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Now notice that. What reward do you think he's talking about there? I mean, you know, I believe he's talking about, in other words, what, what he's saying is this. If you love people just to love them just in the name of the Lord, you know, when you, when you stand before God, you're not, you'll have a reward. If you do it out of a pure heart, he says, so even even giving a cup of water, we could even say it this way today, even smiling at somebody, even just saying, hey, God bless you. 
have a great day buying somebody lunch or doing, doing something just out of a pure heart. He says, he says he will in no way lose his reward. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And verse um, 13. This is another one about shining as a light. Philippians 2.13, he says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, and uh, the sons that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So there, that is again, being a light. Don't you know? Don't get into arguments. Don't get into little petty things. Just go be a light to somebody. Amen. Be a light. Let your light shine. Uh, turn back to Romans chapter twelve. Romans chapter twelve, and we'll. There's, this will be my, almost my last one. I've got one more, I think. <laughs> Romans 12. Well, and, and I tell you, no, just turn. Um, you can read Romans 12, but that, let's, that one's a little bit longer. Turn to 2 John. Uh, let me show you this one, and then we'll, we'll finish with 2 John. <clears throat> right before the book of Revelation, 2 John. Now, this is a, man, this is a powerful verse here, too. And look at Second John verse uh, seven. Second John seven, he says this: for many for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That is, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. But look at verse eight. He says, "Look to yourselves." That we, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. The Amplified in verse 8 says this. He says, look, look to yourselves, take care that you may not lose, throw away, or destroy all that we and you have labored for, but that you may preserve until you win and receive back a perfect reward in full. Amen. So here he said, listen, we've got to be careful that we don't lose rewards. You know, I, I, Joseph Morris, he, uh, I like the way he put it. How did he put it? He said, he, said, he said, I don't want to come out of the judgment seat wearing a Speedo. You know, he, he, said, I want, he said, I want to have, I want to be clothed with something, you know. He said, because you're walking around in a Speedo, everybody's going to know what you've been doing, you know, for, with your life. In other words, you ain't been doing nothing for God. You know, but he said, you know, he said, I want some crowns. I want some things to, to, to clothe myself with. And that's, I mean, that's a funny way to look at it. But that, but that is a true thing. You know, we have to, and not that, listen, not that we do things so that, so that we have the thought process. I'm not doing something. Oh, I, I'm getting a reward in heaven. I mean, that's the wrong heart. The wrong heart is I just love God and I just want to love people. And you know, and I just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want to, I just want to reach out and do everything I can to get more and more people to know Jesus and to know His love and to, to get more, to get the, as many people into heaven as I can. You know, I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want to take, I want to take busloads with me. Amen. I mean, we don't want, we don't want to get up there and, and somebody say, well, who did you bring with you? Oh, I didn't bring nobody. I'm just glad I made it. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, but it, wouldn't it be something, wouldn't it be something for us to stand, stand before the Lord? Just, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm stretching my imagination here. I mean, but, but wouldn't it be something to stand before the Lord? And when you stand there, you know, you just stand there and say, whew, Jesus, boy, I'm glad I made it. You know, that was rough down there. And then, and then he'll just looking at you like, what did you do? You know, why, why didn't you do anything? I mean, you know, it wasn't just about you making it. You know, if it was all about us making it, as soon as we, as soon as we made it, he'd take us out, you know, to go be with him. You know, like so many people, oh, he, geez, he would have plucked those flowers as soon as we, as soon as we bloomed, you know. But the reason he keeps us here is so we can take more and more people with, so we can be the light, so we can be the hands and feet, so we can give the cup of cold water. You know, so that we can so that we can love people and and share the gospel with more and more people, and you know now next week next week we'll get into the there's five different crowns mentioned in the Bible, and we'll look at each one of them and 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 we'll see who who gets what and you can get all five of them, you know and I mean and there there are crowns that we can attain to I mean we can we can you know uh, we can work and we can and we can do these things and and you can get you know you'll be able to do that so. Um, so then after the, let me mention this and, and, and I'll, well, I'll, I'll stop right there because, because if I say that, I'll, I'll have to talk another five minutes. <laughs> so, uh, so tonight, this, this is what I believe is, will be the first part of those seven years when we get to heaven will be the, the judgment seat, will be the, the reward seat. And then after, after this, after we get through this, I believe we're going to go into the marriage supper. Before, before the second coming. And, and we'll look at that in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll see the progression of that and how that goes. All right, just real quick. We've got just a couple minutes. Any questions real quick? And, and I'll try and answer them. And if I can't get to them, we'll, we'll write them down and get them next week. Sure. Yeah. So, but isn't there a where God wants us to do what He tells us? Because you, in that scripture in the Bible that talks about something about you're doing and you're just doing stuff and doing stuff, but you're not doing. What I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you can just be doing things to stay busy and not be doing what God's God's direction. Yeah. I mean, it's very important. That's the reason. That's the reason He talks about being led by the Spirit. Yeah. I mean, being led by the Spirit will lead you into those good works. It will lead you, just like Ginger, Ginger shared about those dreams. Well, listen, you know, they're, they're, when, when, when you have dreams like that and you walk those things out, you're, you're being led by the Spirit, you know. And when, and when you see those things, then you can, you can know, you can, like she said, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been here before, I've done this, you know. And, and, yeah, and that's being led by the Spirit and doing what, doing what God would have you to do. And, and, and just the, the simple fact of being led by the Spirit and just letting God use you, man, that's, I mean, that's a huge part. You know, I love Tanya's testimony about, you know, just how, how good it makes you feel, you know, just knowing that, man, God spoke to me to do this. And when I did it, you see it makes a difference in somebody's life. And it's like, God, you're so awesome, you know, and, and, and doing it with the right heart. You know, not to not because Jesus. Remember that that whole thing about you know, if you do it just to be seen of men, then you get your reward when men pat you on the back and say good job. 
you know, I, I could care less whether men pat me on the back. Now, I like, I like people to say thank you and, you know, it was good and all that. I mean, I, I mean, everybody likes that. But I, I want God to say, well done. <laughs> I would rather Him say that than not hear anybody else say it. You know, I mean, and that's, that's, that's where all of our hearts should be. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, and He does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's not something reserved just for just for when we see him up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he. I think by the blessings and by the by by and really to be honest with you, when the more the more you do that and the more you yield to that and the more the more you see him using you, that's him saying, "Well done." Because if he keeps telling you to do something and you never do it, he's not going to keep he's not going to keep going and going and going if you never do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Brother Hagen always talked about. You know, everybody wants to do the greater works. You know, he says, greater works than these you'll do. But Brother Hagin always says, how about you do the works he did first and then worry about the greater works? <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's always concerned about the greater works, but let's just do what Jesus did first. And then the greater works will come. I mean, you know, yeah. All right, anybody else real quick? And hopefully I didn't confuse you too bad. And and uh, and we'll look at, next week we'll look at the crowns and uh, if you got any questions, make sure you write them down or, or email or text me or whatever, and we'll we'll try to best we can to figure it out together. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let me pray for you, and then we'll we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Um, thank you, Lord, that you've given us a glimpse of what we have in store. Father, I believe very soon, Father, you're coming back. Uh, you're sending Jesus back to get us, and then, Father, I believe we'll be standing there in that ju- in that judgment seat, the Burma seat. Father, the, the, uh, Father, receiving, receiving the, the, the rewards for what we've done, Father, and the, be, our works being tried by fire. And Father, my prayer is that everyone here at Destiny, Lord, that we'll have plenty of jewels to go in the crowns. Father, I don't want to see any of us walking around with ashes and walking around in speedos. Father, we, we want to make sure that, that we, that our work here for you is beneficial. And Father brings many people into the kingdom. So we love you, we honor you, pray blessings on each person tonight and the rest of this week, Father. Thank you for just being so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.